Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside the Bunker. I'm your host, Keith Bunker. I'm super excited today to talk about Halloween Kills. I finally was able to see the movie. It has been a two-year wait for the movie. It was supposed to, I mean, it was announced, I think, two years ago. It was supposed to come out last year, but, you know, COVID kind of uh, put that on hold. So I have been waiting patiently, non-patiently, to talk about this movie Super excited to be able to share my experience with you. This will have spoilers. It's a spoiler review. I'm going to talk about major plot points in the movie. Kind of give a short synopsis of the movie. So please, if you have not seen the movie or if you do not want to listen to spoilers or watch spoilers, please change the channel because there's a lot to dive in. I mean, this this movie had a lot going on in the hour and, what, 40-some-odd minutes of the movie it wasn't a very long movie but there's a lot going on the movie is never slow at all so getting into the review i just wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with the halloween franchise for those that know me personally for those that have listened to the channel i am a huge michael myers fan since i was a kid i have watched all the movies numerous times uh i have the box sets of course you know i've seen pretty much every single special feature there is regarding the franchise pretty much read everything every article i could find about the franchise it's my favorite horror franchise you know give or take there's a documentary actually i was just finished watching this morning um it's on youtube and i'll share a link on on here at the end of the video and also on spotify to how to watch but it's a four and a half hour documentary on the entire series of the halloween franchise leading up to this movie so i was watching that a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm a super, super fan. So going into that, I wanted to give my review as someone that you know is a super fan of the franchise. Your experience might vary depending on, you know, if you've never seen the movie at all in the Halloween franchise or if you just, in general, just don't like horror, which I don't know why you would be listening or watching the, sh the movie in the first place, but to each their own. So with that, the movie starts immediately after Halloween 2018 ends, which it's cool because if you were to watch them back to back, and I do advise anybody that's going to see this movie to watch the 2018 Halloween movie, it takes place immediately after. I mean, we're talking seconds later. So it starts with Cameron, who was one of the surviving members of the movie, the past movie, finding the body of Officer Hawkins, who was stabbed with a scalpel, in the last one, in the neck, so he was basically bleeding to death, and they kind of left it up to your imagination in the last one of whether he's going to live or die. Well, you find out he lived, so it's them basically calling, you know, him calling the ambulance, you know, trying to get him saved so he doesn't bleed out and die. It then flashes to 1978, which I know there's been a lot of spoilers online and some of the trailers also. They've shown some of the stills from them filming 1978's scenes, they did an amazing job. As someone that has watched the 1978 Halloween movie, you know, numerous, numerous times, 
they did an amazing job of making it feel authentic. It actually picks up, the scene picks up immediately following the 1978 movie, which is, of course, you know, Dr. Loomis shooting Michael Myers and him falling out of the balcony and then looking down and his body's gone. Well, they never explain in this timeline of events how did they find Michael Myers. Like, it's basically then, if you were to watch in this timeline, you pick up with 2018, he's in the mental asylum, he's been captured, but they never really got into, okay, well, how did they catch him? This movie explains that little bit of a lost, you know, part of the movie, which I thought was amazing. It was, I was geeking out, freaking out, you know, sitting next to my wife. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And it was, it was cool. But we... They they follow um, Hawkins as a as a as a young police officer and his experience with some other cops searching for Michael Myers. They did a great job of also making his mask look pretty authentic to the 1978 mask. It's obviously not the same one or the same build of the mask, but it was they did a damn good job. I mean, of making it look authentic. They filmed it in the whole 1978 way. You know, the clothes, the house. The houses, everything on the street looked very authentic to what they were trying to go for. They end up finding Michael in his house. He he kind of retreated after falling out of that off the balcony. He retreated back to his his house, and the cops go in. You know, there's a lot of tension. You know, is he is he there? Is he not there? They find the room where he killed Judith in the original 1978 movie when he killed his sister. And you know, Michael Myers of course grabs the cop and starts choking him out, and then a lot of things happen. Well, they also um, I don't know if it was a uh, they, from what I've heard from the interviews, it was not a, you know, how Marvel does the, the CGI, like, deep fakes, as they put it, where, they, you know, they, they try to de-age actors or try to make them look like they're younger than they actually are. They got someone to play Donald Pleasant's character, Dr. Loomis, and from what I've heard from reading interviews and everything, he was one of the either set designers or someone that was working on the set of the actual movie and they were looking over they were trying to figure out how we're going to put dr loomis into this because you know donald pleasance passed away years ago and and also he's very i mean he would have been very old so they couldn't have you know gotten him to play the role anyways they did an amazing job whoever was playing him looked almost exactly like him and they said they did not use any cgi or anything to make him look that way it was literally the, I, I guess just the way the lighting was and everything but he sounded and looked very similar to donald pleasance i was very pleased with that but you actually get to see kind of where that movie ends with him you know running up the stairs and basically saying you know has michael killed again so he he does the whole you know the screaming the the typical dr loomis you know has has he has he killed again but it was fantastic uh they did such a good job and then they kind of explain how they captured him which is very eerie and i kind of as i've sat back and kind of you know on the ride home from watching the movie kind of was able to decompress like the excitement from the movie they catch him outside standing in the lawn kind of to mirror the original 1978 movie where he was standing in front of his house with the butcher knife as a kid and he just kind of was staring off into nothing and it kind of mirrors that where michael's just standing there and there's police officers surrounding him with guns pointed his way and that's where the flashback ends which was very eerie, but very cool, because it kind of mirrors, like I said, kind of bookends the original movie. So I'm glad that they finally brought that in. I, I felt like they should have probably maybe had that in the last one, maybe started in the 2018 one explaining that. But it was cool that they went back and actually, actually did that. So after that, of course, you know, you have the whole title sequence, the... the you know, the Halloween title sequence that we always have, you know, with the pumpkin. This one was cool. They actually have the pumpkins, 
setting on fire because every Halloween movie is different as far as how they do the opening with the John Carpenter theme, you know, the, the iconic John Carpenter Halloween theme. It's, it was very well done on how they did that. It was the last one. It was actually kind of like the pumpkin was re-rising from the grave. It was kind of like a crushed pumpkin and then it was slowly going back into it, turning into an actual pumpkin, which was really cool because it was kind of a reboot of the series. So it was kind of mirroring that whole revival of the Halloween franchise. This one was, you know, the last movie ended with Michael getting burned alive inside of Laurie's house. So it was kind of cool to see that. I was really impressed with, with the way they did that. And then it kind of flashes forward to modern day with Michael escaping. I mean, if you've watched the trailers for the movie at all, you know he escapes. I mean, it shows in the trailers, literally shows him killing all the firefighters right at the beginning. It's pretty much the beginning of the movie. You know, they go in to save him. Because they don't know who he is or whatever. They don't know, you know, it's just uh, someone stuck in the house, possibly. They're trying to put the fire out. He kills everybody. You know, Laurie Strode and Allison and Karen from the last movie, they're being taken to the hospital because she got stabbed pretty hardcore in the end of the movie. So she has surgery. You know, they put her, you know, in surgery and fix her up, basically. So, but that was that. So, and they're assuming that he's dead. I mean, obviously, you know, you burn someone alive in the house think he's dead you know <laughs> so obviously he's not we wouldn't have any more halloween movies if that was the case but it then picks up with um in a local haddonfield bar with uh tommy doyle who um anthony michael hall played tommy doyle the original actor that played the kid from the 1978 movie i guess he's not into acting anymore really or he or he is and he just didn't want to come back and do this movie i'm not sure the whole story on that but anthony michael hall did a great job uh lindsey who in the original movie was the little girl that uh, Laurie um, was helping to babysit with Annie. Uh, Annie is actually babysitting her, but she brings her over to her house with Tommy. Uh, she's actually played by the original actress, which was really cool, uh, Kyle Richards. Uh, she did an amazing job of returning as Lindsay, which I thought was cool. And also uh, Nancy, uh, who is one of the doctors at the very beginning of the Halloween 1978 movie that's driving with Loomis to the mental asylum. And then, you know, she gets attacked in the car and she jumps out of the car, and then Michael takes the car and drives off. She returns as Marion, which was awesome that they, they, they did a good job. A lot, of, a lot of other reviews I've read online and stuff have kind of criticized the movie for being a little bit too fan fiction-y, as far as, like, oh, they're bringing back all of the favorites from the movie, and anybody that would come back. Uh, Sheriff Brackett comes back in this movie as well, from the original 1978 movie. They also, too, as they're doing the little scene in the bar, it's the 40th anniversary, because this movie takes place in 2018, obviously, because it takes place immediately after the last one. They're having a little bit of a conversation regarding, um, you know, all the PTSD they've dealt with, you know, uh, for the survivors and all the victims of the 1978 murders, what, you know, they were kind of honoring them. And then they, as they, as they're talk, as he's talking to Lindsay and, and introducing her, they flash back the scenes from the 1978 movie. So it's very cheesy in a sense like that. But if you haven't watched the movies, I felt like it was a good, good little, you know, refresher. And also if you haven't seen them in a while, it's a good refresher because these actors, actors, except for Marion, she looks almost dead on the same as she looked in 1978. God bless her. But, uh, Lindsay doesn't, obviously she was a little girl, so you have no idea, um, what she would look like but i mean they, they they did a great job i thought of kind of of kind of explaining that but there's a news report that goes on to the in the middle of the bar you know explaining you know that there's these two mental um mental patients that escaped which is michael myers and another unnamed mental asylum patient from the a previous movie that escaped in the in the bus crash that 
then gets them riled up because they're like, well, Michael's back. They start putting together that all these people have died from the previous movie because if you remember, the movie takes place in probably a two-hour time span. So they are finally finding all the bodies from the previous movie. All these people have been killed. So now it's obviously gotten out to Haddonfield that all these people are dying. So then it creates kind of a mob mentality of we're going to kill this guy. You know, he's he's murdering our our, our, our town, our, our citizens, and we're going to take him out. So with that, it also, you know, cuts back into, you know, Michael's going and he, he finds Laurie Strode's neighbor's house, you know, after he's killed the firefighters and kind of goes and kills them. That's in the trailers for the movie as well. You know, the, the older couple where um, they're playing with a drone and the, the, this movie had a lot more tense moments than the previous one, which I liked. Like, there's a lot of, like, okay, I know he's in the house. Where is he? What's going to happen? When's he coming out? So a lot more jump scares than the previous one, which I appreciated. But, you know, there's a lot of a lot of Easter eggs, too, in the movie, but I'll get back into that later. But they did a good job of, of making it suspenseful. So he gets his butcher knife back. Uh, there's a really cool scene, which I actually I was watching, and I was just like, man, where he kills the old the old man in the house, and he's literally pulling out each of the knives out of the like out of the drawer basically, and stabbing the guy. Then he goes and grabs another, and he stabs him. He's already dead, which is the most violent I've seen Michael since probably the Rob Zombie uh, Halloween movies. I've never seen him kind of been that violent, but I guess you know it was like. I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, maybe he was trying to find the perfect knife. I mean, maybe that's what it is. You know, he has a very specific butcher knife that he wants to use. So there's, there could be that, that may be part of the reason. Okay. So then it flashes back to, there's an older gay couple living in the Michael Myers house in the modern storyline in 2018. And there's a really funny part where they're being pranked by some kids that are um, in the neighborhood, you know, obviously they're going to Michael Myers' house. They don't know because they're little kids. They don't know the whole story of Michael Myers, but they do. They live in the house, and they they know the whole story of Judith and killing, you know, the, what happened in the house. But there's a, a funny scene where the kids kind of prank them, steal all the candy, and then they walk out and basically give them this whole story of, like, well, you know we can hear Judith calling for Michael from the from the top of you know, from his bedroom window, and, you know, she's, like, saying, Michael, Michael, and it scares the kids. It's funny. The way it was filmed was really funny, and and, and they're really endearing. The actors that played them were really awesome. <laughs> they, they was really, really well done. So it, it, the, the scene is a little bit out of place. Like, I was kind of like, okay, what was the whole point of that? I mean, I guess except for introducing that, hey, this couple lives in Michael Myers' house, because it kind of came out of nowhere, and these characters have never been introduced before, and then it flashes to another scene. So it was kind of a little bit weird to that. But um, he continues, Michael continued to stalk Haddonfield. He pretty much kills any and everybody he comes across. There's a scene, you know, where he attacks Lindsay. Um, he ends up killing Marion um, during a scene, which was sad, but she wasn't in the movie very long. But uh, it, it was it was kind of kind of a cheesy way for her to go out. She's pointing a gun at Michael, and she's like, this is for Dr. Loomis. And she pulls it, and there's no bullets in the gun, and then he stabs her to death. So I was like, wow, that's really a crappy way to go. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, also, at the at the hospital, you have uh, Laurie, Allison, and Kara, and they're kind of dealing with the afterthoughts of, of Michael. They think he's dead, obviously. The police then inform them that, hey, by the way, Michael Myers is still alive. Nobody's told you. And they freak out. So, of course, you know, that happens. Allison ends up going with Tommy and the mob of people from Haddonfield that he's been able to get together to basically, you know, Hey, we're going to take on Michael, you know, evil dies tonight. That's said about 
30 times in the movie. And they take, you know, take anything they can find, baseball bats, you know, pitchforks, whatever they can find to go and hunt them down. So Allison goes with, with them. Karen doesn't know that she's leaving to go with them. So that that's where that ends. Michael is causing havoc on the way to his childhood home. He's, they find out that the path of destruction of him going is leading directly to his house. It's basically like an arrow to his house. So they, they put together uh, Lonnie, who is a new character introduced in this one, that they do a flashback sequence during the 1978 part, showing his encounter with Michael from that moment. And it was kind of a new character that they introduced, I believe, in this one. I, I don't think he was in the original one, because it, it was a new child actor and everything, so I don't think it was. But I could be wrong, so I'm sorry if I'm wrong, guys. But him, Allison, and Cameron drive to Michael's house, because they're like, okay... You know, we're, we're going to go to Michael's house. Well, you find out that the the couple that lived in his house were murdered. And the, th the thing with this movie, too, with this couple specifically, they show a picture of them kind of embracing um, in the inside of the house. Michael takes the time to set up his victims. Like in the original 1978 movie, and a lot of people forget that. If you go back, I rewatched them this past week. Michael likes to play with his victims a little bit, which... It's not brought up in a lot of the other movies. Like, obviously, in the Rob Zombie ones, those aren't really... That's their own thing. But, I mean, even if you watch the other sequels, there's not a lot of times where he really played with his victims or set them up like they were prop pieces. Remember, in the original, um, he has Judith Meyer's gravestone. You know, he puts that as a prop piece to kind of, you know, showcase, you know, above the dead body of the of his victim. And, you know, he, he wears the sheet, you know, the ghost sheet in the original... And and they don't they never really did that in the 2018 movie, so I'm glad they kind of got back to that, which I'm gonna bring into my theories at the end as to why they kind of are going in that route. But it was it was cool to see you know that he kind of put them in the same uh, position that they were in the in the picture, and and he's also playing one of their uh, records because it, it's shown during the one scene with the prank that they are, you know, love Halloween music and stuff like that, so they're listening to records. So he actually, you know, was playing the record again and everything. So it was really interesting because it's kind of like, okay, so he is not just a mindless killer. He's not killing everybody. He has some kind of thought process behind it. So when they get to his house, you know, Lonnie goes inside, you know, he's the big, you know, badass that's going to, you know, take down Michael Myers because, you know, that, that works. So I'm going to go by myself. <laughs> so he goes in, you know, they hear a gunfire. Cameron and Allison jump into the house long sequence of them hunting through the house, you know, trying to find Michael. And then they end up finding Michael, or I should say, Michael ends up finding them and disposes of Cameron pretty brutally. It was actually one of the more brutal kills. And again, he playing with his victims, you know, smashing his head into the, the railing a few times and in front of um, Allison, you know, she, she actually falls down the stairs, breaks her leg, which is also in the trailer, which they showed a lot in the trailers, which I was shocked after seeing the movie that they gave away so much. And then ended up, you know, breaking his neck in front of her when she's like, don't touch him. You know, she's yelling at Michael, screaming at him, you know, you know, come after me, don't kill him, you know, leave him alone. And he literally stares at her and then breaks his neck like, oh, okay. Uh, so they get into a little bit of a fight. And then Karen shows up because she's at this point realized that, you know, Michael, where, where he's going and everything, stabs him with a pitchfork into the back and stomps on his head and then takes rips off his mask, which obviously isn't going to kill Michael. We all know that. And he ends up 
you know, he has no mask on. She runs outside the house to try to get him away from um, from Allison because she's broken her leg and she can't move and she's in a lot of pain. And, you know, she's yelling to Michael, you know, come after me. You want your mask? And then basically kind of taunting him, uh, brings up Judith, you know, and, and everything. And he chases after her, uh, basically, you know, I should say stalks after her because, you know, Michael doesn't run. He walks. So he started, you know, walking after her. Well, she's leading him to the mob, which is waiting for Michael. They end up in a really cool scene. Like, I, I got goosebumps because the music in this also, um, it's done by John Carpenter and his son, Cody Carpenter. Did an amazing job of kind of remixing the Halloween soundtrack into making it, you know, more modern. But it, it was a, one of the best scenes is he's standing there. The mask is laying in the middle of the street because she just kind of threw it there. And there's there's cars all around him and, and just... And, and the mob is just standing there with, you know, pitchforks, baseball bats, whatever, knives, you know, whatever they can get. And he picks up the mask and the musical score at that moment. Oh, my God. It was so fantastic. You'll know what I'm talking about if you see the movie. They did such a, like, menacing job. He puts on back on the mask, and then they end up beating the living hell out of Michael. They, they, they take him down. They actually, he gets down on the ground. They're beating him to death, beating him to death, stabbing him, doing whatever. Um, Karen picks up one of the knives, stabs him also right kind of in the shoulder slash neck area and leaves him there. And Tommy's basically like, okay, we got this. Go back, be with your daughter. X, Y, Z, you know, you know, typical horror movie fair. Yeah. You know, just get away, go do your thing. So it kind of cuts in between that scene and, and a kind of a narration by Lori. Cause she's talking to officer Hawkins who survived obviously from what I was saying at the beginning and she's kind of talking about how evil can't die and she needs to be the one that takes him down. And it, he awakens. Michael, of course, awakens. He's not dead and ends up killing every single person of that mob. He, he murders everybody, stabs them in the throat, you know, slashing them, blood everywhere, murders Tommy, kills pretty much everybody in that mob that was attacking him, ends up just murdering everybody. So it was a really brutal scene, one of the most brutal I've seen in a Halloween movie. It was, it was pretty, pretty cool, though, that they that they did all that and after that it cuts to karen and um allison they're standing they're sitting on front of the with the emts and everything stand sitting in front of michael's house and karen looks up at the window where judith's window would have been and they reference this throughout the movie and this is part of my theory like i said i'm going to get into in a minute but they they reference that michael always used to stare outside of his sister's window he would stand up into the windowsill and stare out the window and like he was looking for victims or whatever there was very there was a few characters in the movie that actually mentioned it. and they mentioned it three or four times in the movie and she looks up and you actually see michael in his clown costume from the original 1978 movie so as a little kid she sees like a reflection of him which was weird for me i'm like what what was that so she goes up to investigate and she gets up to the room she's staring outside you know like he would be doing you know staring outside the window kind of looking at everybody and then michael shows up behind her and just murders karen cuts her you know killing her slashes to death and then it's halloween kills the end of the movie <laughs> it literally you know stops right there done you know roll the credits no after credit scene, by the way, if you're wondering. If you want to see this, listen to this for whatever reason and see spoilers and then go see the movie, uh, there's no after credit scene. So, that is pretty much the synopsis of the movie. So, my thoughts on the movie. I will say it's probably the goriest 
in the series since the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. And that's good and bad if you're a fan. I mean, it depends. If you like a lot of gore, you're going to love it. There's a lot of a lot of blood, <laughs> a lot of uh, heads being crushed, a lot of a lot of stuff like that. A lot of stabbings, a lot of eyes being gouged out. You know, there's all kinds of different kills. There, I will say this is actually one of the few Halloween movies. Where, I mean, he's very inventive with his kills. I mean, he he there's one part he breaks a light fixture and basically stabs someone through the throat with a light. There's a lot of cool death scenes in the movie. I was I was impressed by the different creative ways they did that. Uh, so it is a very bloody, very gory movie. The 1978 scene, probably my favorite part of the movie, and that's just because I'm a huge fan of the series in general, and I love the 1978 original. That's, my, again, one of my top ten movies of all time. They nailed every detail. When they go inside the house, the cops even reference, they show the dead dog. There's a, there's a line in the original movie for, what, five seconds that Loomis finds a dead dog in his house when, he's, when he goes inside of it, and they, he's like, oh, he must be eating. So it, it kind of alludes to the fact that Michael eats animals because to survive, I guess. But they show the dead dog and they mention it in the movie. There's a there's also a part in the original where like a, a board comes and falls from they're they're in the top of the Michael Myers house, Loomis, and there's a board that falls and breaks the window and it kind of spooks Loomis and he pulls out his gun and like you know it's kind of a, a a scare moment that you can see that that board has broken that same window. Like, they, they went through and made it as authentic as possible, which I enjoyed the way it was filmed, the way Michael moves was great. I mean, they made it like it could have been a continuation directly of the 1978 movie, which I wouldn't mind if they decided, hey, we want to go back and make a uh, sequel to the 1978 movie and just make it set in 1978. I'm down for that because they did an amazing job. As long as these directors and writers were, are part of it, I'll be totally game for that. Uh, if you're going in expecting a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis and a lot more Lori, uh, you're going to be sadly disappointed. This movie is about Haddonfield and the people of Haddonfield, the survivors from 1978 as well as the mob, and Michael. I mean, it's got more Michael in it than it does Lori, which, I mean, if you're going to see a Halloween movie, of course you want to see a lot of Michael. I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into. But for those going in for more story about Lori, the first movie, Halloween 2018, in this trilogy... I would say was more of Laurie's movie. This was more of Michael's movie or, or the city of Haddonfield. It's not, you're not going to get a lot of her. She maybe, maybe has 15 to 20 minutes of screen time in the entire movie. And that's being generous. And she spends the entire movie in the hospital. She never gets out of the hospital. So it's very, it's, it was very jarring for that, but she will have a huge, I think appearance in Halloween ends, which is coming out next year, which is the end of this trilogy. And with that, with the ending, I felt I was okay with it. If I didn't know there was going to be another Halloween movie literally next year, and they're filming, I think, next month, I would be a little, I would be vastly disappointed in this movie because I would have been like, okay, they, they just killed Karen, and now he's out and alive. Like, what what's happening? But since I know that this is a middle part of a trilogy, I'm okay with it. I, I expected him to kind of win slash escape in this movie. I didn't think they were going to, in any way, you know, try to do the whole, oh, we killed him again, just for him to come back again. I kind of like that, that they, this is actually the first movie that he pretty much wins. I mean, he gets, he killed Karen, he killed the mob. I mean, he survives at the end of the movie. He, they, they don't think he's dead like in every other Halloween movie. So, I mean, they did a good job of that, of making him, it was a little bit different. The scene with the kid, I'm still up in the air about how I feel about it. I was talking to some people and seeing how the, they 
they show him as a kid, so it's kind of like a supernatural element. Like she, Karen obviously saw him as a kid staring out the window, and I, I don't know if they're going with the the Myers house is haunted slash possessed, that room whatever. But for her to see that and then him kind of just showing up, which I'm assuming he went through the back door of the house and went up and killed her, kind of in the same spot that Judith did. But something is up with that room because they, I, like I said, mentioned it five times where he loved to stare. He just stared out the window. So I don't know if they're going with a supernatural element of the Michael Myers mythos or if they're just kind of going with their own thing. But it, it's, it was an interesting take and an interesting thing to do because it would have been different if you saw if she saw Michael as an adult and he's just standing up there and she's like, I'm going to go investigate. He shouldn't be here. But the fact they showed him as a little kid in the clown costume was very weird to me. It was cool, but um, I'm hoping they, they kind of, you know, expounds on that in the next movie and kind of explain it a little bit more. My only complaint, really, with the movie is they did tend to focus on a lot of characters that didn't matter. So, for example, I understand them focusing on the main characters, you know, Tommy Doyle, Lindsay, Marion, you know, all of the characters that are from the 1978 movies, but they focused a lot on characters that literally had maybe five minutes of screen time and trying to explain them and, and stuff like that. And, and the movie was only an hour and 40-something minutes, so, I mean, it's there's a lot of... Lot of time taken up for these characters that you know are going to die probably and were killed you know for fairly quickly in the movie so i would say that's my only complaint really i know a lot of the complaints of the movie has been that it's felt disjointed i mean the movie is all over the place the movie is fast it moves fast you know they they focus on michael then it's in the hospital then it's the mob then it's the mob then it's the hospital then it's michael again and they jump all over the place you know though but it was it made sense i mean that you know what the story is you you get it where do I think they're going to go with the series? I was reading an article with uh, David Gordon Green, the director of the movie, uh, that the next movie is going to have a four-year time jump. So that's going to be very interesting. I, I like that. I don't think that they should have continued the next one off of this one. And that they're, they, he, from what he said, it's going to actually take into effect real-life events like the pandemic. And actually that that has happened in, in this universe. So it's going to explain that and stuff like that. So it'll be cool. So it's going to take place in the year 2022, which is the year the movie's coming out. So I'm super stoked for that. I think it's going to be cool to have a time jump and, and see where Laurie is. Because obviously she's going to be hunting him down for their final showdown and Halloween ends next year. Which again, I'll have a review for that next year when that comes out. But I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was better than the 2018 movie. I didn't like it, like, substantially more. I feel like those two movies are almost like kind of the... Kind of like Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. You could, if you watch them back-to-back, -back, you're getting a one full experience. So I felt like it was like a part one and a part one and a half type of story. So I'm interested to see with Halloween Ends where they're going to go with the series and how they're going to tie up the loose ends and everything. But I enjoyed it. I would say I would give it probably an 8 out of 10 if I was ranking it. And I think you should, if you like slasher movies, if you love the Halloween franchise, I think you're going to enjoy it and you should definitely go see it. I wanted to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Jeremy from, uh, he's a manager at the movie theater we went to NCG theaters. He hooked us up with some tickets. We were able to go see the movie and they had some cool Halloween cups, which was awesome, like a souvenir cup, but Thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate it. It was a great movie theater. First time I've ever been in that movie theater. So I want to give just a quick shout out to that. And that is pretty much my experience with seeing Halloween Kills. 
if anybody has any questions about the movie um, or has any comments or tell me how you like the movie, please email me at insidethebunkerpodcast at gmail.com. Please visit my website at www.insidethebunkerpodcast.com to listen to all of the episodes. It has links to my YouTube channel, has links to my Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. I am now on Amazon Music as well. I appreciate it. I'm trying to get it out there to everybody. So no matter how you listen to the show, you have access to it. So thank you so much again for joining me inside the bunker. Again, this is one of my favorite uh, movie series of all time. So I'm super excited to be able to talk to about it with you guys. And I look forward to talking to you all soon and have a great day. Thank you so much.